This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. said that I think one issue that probably gets a little too much coverage in the media is the whole transgender issue. And I've said this because it really does affect so few people. And I think conservative outlets have an interest in covering this as much as they can because it inflames the whole culture wars argument. I think liberal outlets have an interest in uh, covering this as much as they can because it shows that they're down with the LGBTQ agenda when I've always believed this is something that really affects a minuscule portion of the population. However, the few areas where I do think we are lacking as a country a sound policy and where that in the areas where we do have a sound policy it's totally ridiculous are the areas of competitive sports prison and maybe you know locker rooms and bathrooms and things of that nature uh dominic carter a veteran broadcast journalist who is my uh, lead in on wabc in new york has been all over this latest story out of new jersey where former ncaa swimmer riley gaines is essentially saying title nine means nothing after a trans new jersey swimmer who competed on the men's team for three years smashed a collegiate record for the second time in three months There happens to be another interesting aspect of the whole transgender debate. But before we get there, Dominic, give us the latest on this Riley Gaines uh, situation. Uh, I know she's been pretty outspoken on this before. Well, the only thing where you and I disagree, I feel this issue is extremely important, Mm -hmm. not not just to to a small uh, handful. Imagine this situation, Frank. Let's say let's say you have a daughter. Mm hmm. And your daughter's a standout uh, uh, basketball player, yeah. right? No, when it comes to sports, I get it. It's okay. not fair uh, okay. for a biological male to compete on the same playing field but, but not, as a biological but, but, female. But not just competing. How about the media spotlight? Mm-hmm. Your daughter's the star of the team. Your daughter's the star of the league. And then all of a sudden, here comes this man that identifies and maybe started the treatment to become a, a woman. And thus, your your daughter is pushed to the side. When she has a limited shelf life of four years in college. At most. And, and, right. At most. At best. And this transgender athlete is now shining. So I have a tremendous problem with that. I have a lot of respect for Riley Gaines because she, she, you know, she graduated. Right. She could say, I'm done with this nonsense. It's someone else's headache. She's fighting a good fight. Now, if you live on the East Coast, uh, this issue has come here. As you mentioned in New Jersey, in Mawa, New Jersey, less than 30 miles from New York City. So you have this swimmer that goes by the name of Megan Cortez Fields, right? Broke another swimming record, transgender, just recently from the last couple of years, transferred from the men's team. 
<laughs> now, I- explain that to me, Mr. Morano. How do you compete as a man, your average at best, and then you say, I'm a woman now? And you can compete on the women's team. How is that? Yeah, no, it's the equivalent of putting uh, Shohei Otani in uh, the single-A minor leagues, and you'd see how he'd dominate that league right. as compared right. to everybody else that's right. there. It's, it's absurd. Right. It's absurd. Well, I want to pick your brain on a related issue, and it's in your backyard of Rockland County. Okay, Heated discussion 11 days ago at a Rockland County school board meeting after a vote to allow students to use bathrooms that best fit their gender identity. And tempers were flaring. And they should. At Clarkstown South High School as students and parents both testified. The school board voted in December to adopt the New York State Department of Education's recommendation policy that allows gender-neutral restrooms and locker rooms. So there is nothing, at least according to what these folks were saying at the school board meeting, maybe the people pushing this policy have a different take on it, but their interpretation of this is there's nothing to stop you if you're the, you know, um, you're a senior male from just walking in to the women's locker room or the women's uh, bathroom at all. And you don't have to claim I'm a woman or anything like this. You can just go in there and use whatever gender, whatever locker room or restroom you want. Folks in Rockland are up in arms over this. And I wonder how prevalent this is going to be around the state. In fact, some high school students at this particular high school have actually reached out to me about wanting to come on the show to, to talk about this. Curious, obviously the folks that implemented this had to know there was going to be an outcry about this why did they push this after seeing the uproar in virginia and everything that led to there what's the benefit in pushing this in new york now you want the honest answer yeah, give me give it to me the honest answer is i'm a star <coughs> everybody loves controversy mm-hmm. right so before you were nobody you push this issue all of a sudden you're somebody all of a sudden, you're on Frank Morano's national radio show. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the television stations. All of a sudden, the newspapers. All of a sudden, uh, uh, the, everything that comes with that. Folks have their own agendas. That's the bottom line. But you can't infringe on my rights. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, Frank, you've got some perverts out here that will literally walk into a woman's uh, bathroom and 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 what and what what happens if if, if four women are in there um uh, uh changing uh, uh, right changing, well, well, that's changing. what these students were saying and, and, at the school board meeting. and like this swimmer you know I didn't want to say this and I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out the best way I can Frank we we're, we're entering some crazy times there's a photo with this uh transgender person and three other female swimmers and he doesn't even try to hide his private part so when you look at him at the bathing suit, his private part is bulging out, and and he's got on the top a, like a bra, a swimming suit, and it's like, what are we looking at here? Yeah, I mean, I find this to be really uh, alarming, potentially. I mean, uh, and they're saying that this is basically, uh, this was not required by the law. This is just their interpretation of this law that Governor Cuomo signed f- uh, five years ago. And, and I could see a lot of other school boards going the same direction around the state and having a similar battle all over the state. I think it's going to be really Frank, interesting. Frank, I'm, I'm going to say it again, and I want you to look at the photo, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. A photo, photo of the four athletes, uh, including the transgender woman who just recently was on the men, men's swimming team, 
And I, I, I don't even know if he's, excuse me, if the transgender woman is trying to hide her private part. Because you look and it's bulging. Mm-hmm. And then you, and it's like, it's like, what am I looking at here? And then the, the, the transgender woman has on the top piece of the bathing suit. And I support the transgender community, but there's going to be a backlash to this. People are not oh, ready agree. for this. I completely agree. And I'm not against. Anybody, you know, I had a, 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 I think a non-binary person uh, in my home the other day. They were just as welcome as as anybody else. I just think that we're going now, non, down non-binary. That means you don't identify I, I as a so. man that's, or a woman. That's my understanding. Yeah, but uh, I think we're going down sort of a, a dangerous path in sports, in prison, and now in schools because this Frank, is uh, not Frank, good news. Frank. How how could one identify as not a man or a woman? You got me. I, I, it's this, these are questions above my. So, pay one, grade. so one day you're a woman. No, I think if, you're if, always non-binary. I think. I, no, but, I, I did an event to be honest with you, where mm-hmm. I was the MC, and they said, "Please keep in mind that she's non-binary." Right. Mm-hmm. And then the night of the event, she said, "Never." They said, "Never mind." Uh, introduce her as a female. Well, that's what I don't understand is. And I, and we I, we actually have a fair number of transgender listeners, and if any of them want to call in, they're certainly welcome to 800-848-9222, because I am interested in learning about this, is I don't understand how you can change genders the way that you would change a political party. I mean, it's it should be One something day. that would be, I don't know, at least semi-permanent. Uh, but if you want to comment, 800-848-9222. Uh, let me tell you what's coming up. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk with uh, Jeffrey Lichtman, uh, one of the most opinionated, passionate, fiery criminal defense He's attorneys good. in America. He's really good. He's certainly not boring. I'll tell you what. And, if, and uh, he knows what he's talking about. That's that, that's for sure. But even if people disagree with him, he always finds a way to uh, make the conversation interesting. Uh, Dominic Carter, what do you say we do this again tomorrow or Fantastic. the next day? All Fantastic. Right. Thank you and have a great show. You too, my Don't friend. Don't keep me up all night listening to your show. No promises. Drive slow. 800-848-9222. Uh, Dominic Carter. Uh, 800-848-9222. Jeffrey Lickman will be here. And then we're going to go through your email correspondence in a bit. If you want to email me, you can do so. Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. We'll talk to Jeffrey Lickman straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. The challenge in interviewing someone like Jeffrey Lickman is that eventually, no matter how long these interviews go, the time that we have together is finite. And yet his opinions and the things that he has opinions about are infinite. So the challenge then becomes almost like triage. How do you choose what to focus on when someone has a relatively well-informed opinion on everything and someone who's so compelling to listen to on the radio, even his staunchest critics say, I can't stand any 
anything the guy says, but he's just so engaging and so entertaining, I can't stop listening. He is, if you're not familiar with him, a veteran criminal defense attorney, one of the best in the business. I've seen him in action, and he gets better with every criminal case. If you're a criminal and you have the money, definitely keep him high up on your speed dial. And he's also developed a whole new legion of fans that are not criminals, at least not all of them, as the host of Beyond the Legal Limit, a terrific podcast. Very pleased to welcome back to the program Jeffrey Lickman. Jeff, it's great to talk to you again. Thanks so much for having me on again, Frank. How was your uh, George Washington's birthday observed? Was Is that today? It was It was Monday, yeah. Monday, yeah. Um, I worked. <laughs> so, did, yeah. so did I. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. People that work for somebody else, that work for the man, they love this day. It's a big deal for them. It's an opportunity to sit home and sleep all day. People like me who actually pay the salaries, I worked all day. Uh, from the moment I woke up, uh, you know, all the way through the end of the day because I have to pay their bills. So I don't appreciate a day like this. It makes my life harder. I'm Sorry, sure George I'm Washington. sure the heirs of George Washington are just devastated. Exactly. All right. Um, I want to pick your brain on a few items in the news that I'm curious about your opinion on uh, a few items. I know your opinion on. But first, let me begin with this uh, story that you're involved in, a case that you're involved in that has gotten an enormous amount of attention, as so many of the cases that you're involved in tend to do. This ex-doctor is charged with manslaughter in a New York woman's suicide. Uh, people may have seen the article in the New York Times, but there's this former doctor, Stephen Miller, who's 85 years old. He's from Arizona, and he's now facing a manslaughter charge in New York for his role in the suicide of a woman who died in a Hudson Valley motel room in November. What is the story with this here? Um, I know he's pled not guilty. I know he was arraigned in Ulster County and uh, released on a a million dollars bond. Give us the latest uh, on this case, Jeff. What are the stakes here? Well, let me tell you, first thing is, although he was arrested in Arizona and released on bail there, he then voluntarily agreed to come to New York to face the charges there. And there was another bail uh, application that that had to be made because the government refused to consent to bail, even though he had voluntarily shown up in court. So it was a terrifying uh, bail argument for me because if I lost, he surely would be dead before there was a trial. Mm. He's 85. He's not well. He weighs about 130 pounds. And the one week that he spent in jail in Arizona before I was representing him, he lost eight pounds. So it was a, a, a scary moment for me knowing that I wasn't playing on my home court. I'm up in uh, in Kingston, and uh, the government is asking for detention. And it was a close one, and I was terrified. If I lost, he's dead. But we prevailed. And, and I would say that it was about as ugly and bloody of a bail hearing as I've had in years. I mean, I just mauled the prosecutor because I was angry. I mean, how can you suggest that the man is a flight risk when he voluntarily right. flew from Arizona to New York for that appearance? Um And then today, what I can report is we received an offer of a no-jail disposition on the case. Oh, well, so now, is this doctor, Dr. Stephen Miller, is he like a Dr. Kevorkian type that participates in these physician-assisted suicides all the time and on some high ethical ground? Um, You know, look, Kevorkian really thumbed his... his, uh, 
is in the eye of, of the man, so to speak, by saying, I'm going to do it. I don't care that it's illegal. I'm going to keep doing it until you put me in jail forever. Miller's not like that. He belongs to uh, an advocacy group in Arizona, a death with dignity type of group where they look at many states in the country and soon it'll be New York. Allow for people that are very ill uh, to take their own lives instead of having to suffer and burden their families and have a miserable last 15 or 20 years of their lives or have dementia and they're never going to get better. I mean, this is uh, the way. Many civilized uh, parts of the world, including a lot of Europe, not to suggest they're more civilized than us, um, but eventually it'll be the law in New York. He's done this a few times. Uh, I don't believe that he was assisting in the suicide here. I think he was really just providing uh, counseling. Um, it's different than you know actually helping somebody kill themselves. Um, but it's a close call in New York. You know, I look at Ulster County, and it's not the same as New York City. Mm-hmm. It's not as... Uh, as liberal, as progressive, so to speak, where people might have a little more patience for that type of behavior. They may not have it in, in Kingston. So we were you know, pretty over the moon today to find out that they were seeking suddenly no jail when just a matter of days ago they were seeking to have him detained, which would have surely killed him. So it's an odd uh, change of, uh, of plans very quickly for the government. But I'm happy that it's going to work out. Absolutely. Well, con- congratulations. And as you said, it seems like just a, a matter of time before it's the law in New York that you can have physician-assisted suicide. So it seems like such a, a questionable use of prosecutorial discretion to use the resources of the uh, prosecution on this one 85-year-old doctor. Seems like a, a real shame. But uh, again— and You know what, what Frank? If, if, if I can just add, it really does say positive things about the district attorney's office up there. Because they felt they had to prosecute this. Uh, You know, look, you can't just have people running around helping people kill themselves. So I understand why they brought the case and the fact that they could see the larger picture and realize that he didn't need to die in prison. Mm. It really does say a lot about the fairness in that office. And frankly, I was stunned. Well, that's uh, terrific. That's that's something. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Jeffrey Lickman. You could check him out regularly on the Beyond the Legal Limit podcast. Let me ask you about another case that you're involved in. And this has to do with skunk spray. There were thousands that were protesting outside of Columbia University against the campus treatment of pro-Palestinian groups. This was a rally led by a uh, pro-Hamas group called Within Our Lifetime, which has openly endorsed and celebrated October 7th. We're not talking about a group that says Israel's gone too far or Palestinians have a right to exist, just don't kill any innocent uh, innocent uh, civilians. They have openly celebrated what went on on October 7th. You're representing one of the students who's accused of releasing a skunk spray at this Hamas rally on campus. What can you tell us about this case, Jeff? First of all, it was an illegal Hamas rally. The groups that uh, that led it were banned from campus. But, you know, as Palestinian and terrorist supporters, they don't care. American laws don't mean anything to them. School laws don't mean anything to them. All that matters to them is kill the Jew. And that's exactly what they were doing at this um, rally, was t- calling for the destruction of Israel and the genocide of Jews. So uh, there, it's alleged that my client and another person uh, released, I think it was described by the victims, and of course these are pro-Hamas people, which means they have to lie about everything. If you're willing to lie about the Holocaust, 
if you're willing to lie about what happened on October 7th, where they say that no civilians in Israel were killed, you're certainly going to lie about what happened when supposedly some smelly spray was sprayed near you outside. Uh, one of the terrorist supporters said that uh, it was an endocrine disruptor. It was a bioweapon. It was a chemical weapon, you know, basically making things up. And they, until they're stopped, the Palestinian supporters, they're just going to keep lying. And the lies are going to get bigger. So there has been no arrests. Um, uh, our clients have been uh, basically told to stay away from campus. I can tell you this, Frank, I'm waiting for the criminal charge. Because mm-hmm. if there is a criminal charge, and I would say this to Alvin Bragg, you're going to lose, and you're going to lose bad, and you're going to get embarrassed. But there, there will not be a victory in that case. The case is ridiculous and stupid. And Colombia has let these types of violent, and there have been much violence against Jews on campus in Columbia. It's one of the worst, most anti-Semitic uh, schools in the country, and it's been that way for decades. They let these people in. They don't come to the school to learn. They come to you know, advocate for Hamas, for terrorism. And, and just so— and it's a disgrace that it's so, close to, it's so close to ground zero when we're letting this happen. Just so I'm clear, how exactly did this student r- retain you? Did he uh, retain you under the uh, assumption that he would be charged with a crime? Was he arrested before being charged? How did Hasn't he come— Hasn't been charged. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been charged, but, you know, you've But got, was he arrested? Uh, like, how did he know to get a criminal defense arrested. attorney? The school, um, you know, basically said that they were bringing uh, charges against him, school charges. There was discussions in the media that the NYPD were investigating. He came to me. I was happy to represent him. I'm proud to represent him. And, um, you know, look, you know, these terrorists think they can do this in New York and they can get away with it. You know, just as I said, so close to ground zero, they can call for the destruction of America, the destruction of, of Israel. And the reason they can get away with it is because there are so many leftists in this disgusting city that we call our home, and they allow this stuff to happen. I can tell you this. If there's criminal charges, they're not going to have that anymore. They're going to have to face me, and I'm telling you, it is gonna be, it's going to be an ugly bloodbath. Uh, uh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Um, uh, let me pick your brain on the election. Obviously, it, really, we're coming into the home stretch now. It seems like this campaign's been going on for eight years, and in many respects it has. But uh, now it looks like the Republicans, I know Nikki Haley's still in the race, but it look, looks like uh, Trump is the nominee. Biden uh, will come back to his recent issues in a second. But at this point, he doesn't seem to be facing any serious opposition for the Democratic nomination. You were uh, a critic of a lot of different things. Things about Trump, but you, you know, you've praised him for uh, all sorts of other things, uh, killing um, Soleimani and a number of other items, both while he was president and, uh, you know, and since then. Where do you see this election going at this point as an analyst, as somebody that follows uh, political uh, races pretty closely and has a pretty good track record of predicting them? Where do you see this going? You know, it's almost impossible to think that Joe Biden could have won in 2000. Um, 20. It's almost impossible to think that somebody who was such a failed president, who has basically destroyed our country by letting in millions and millions of illegals into the country. You know, Frank, there's been, I think I read 20,000 Chinese nationals that have come into America from October to now. There were 450 in the year 2022. And there was just 20,000 in the past few months. These people 
are not coming from Mexico because they live there. They're being shipped here to come into our country because our administration, our president, is keeping the front door open, the back door open, all the doors open. These Chinese are not here out of goodwill. They're spies. You've got terrorists. You've got single adult males from every Muslim terror state that exists that's coming into this country. How Joe Biden can even have a chance to win this election is is completely puke-worthy to anybody with a brain. But I'm afraid, and I do believe, that Donald Trump is exactly the guy that lost the last election and is going to lose this one as well. And part of it, forget the fact that he's unstable and the things that come out of his mouth are frankly idiotic. And we have all these major issues going on the last couple of days. And he's selling gold sneakers at SneakerCon. I mean, this is not a serious guy. And we really need serious people right now. But you know, the, the thing that you asked me is, where do I think this is going right. to go? Uh, yeah, as Rumsfeld used to say, you go to war with the army you got, not the one you wish you yeah. had. So these are the candidates yeah. we have. Where does the election go? You know, I think that Trump is going to lose. And, and it's it's horrifying to me because, you know, I think that we really can't afford another four years of 10, 15 million illegals into the country. And one of the reasons I think he's going to lose, and I thought that he would lose, is because of these uh, criminal and civil trials that he's got lined up. He's got one now starting in, what, a month, and it's going to last six weeks. He's got to sit there for all of six weeks while this goes on, while there's jury deliberations, uh, while there's uh, jury selection, which is going to take forever. And instead of campaigning, he's going to be sitting in a courtroom on a, frankly, a ridiculous criminal case that should never have been brought. And this is the kind of stuff, and I would say to the Trump supporters that are listening, and I know there's many, you know, this is not going to cause independence to vote for Trump. They're going to be disgusted by some of the stuff they hear. Uh, certainly his behavior has, has been erratic of late. I mean, look, Frank, respectfully, he's got a lawyer that represented him on the E. Jean Carroll case, who I'm certain has never tried a federal case in her life. She's an absolute jawbone of an ass, this uh, Helena Baba. She's an idiot. But this says something about his, his judgment. Who on earth? would hire a woman like that, an idiot like that, to represent him. She lost every single thing, $85 million. Frank, I can tell you this. I was in front of Judge Kaplan a couple days after that. Guy treated me, couldn't have been nicer to me. I have no <laughs> doubt that if I was representing Trump, instead of $83 million, it would have been $10 million. And instead, that's why he's selling sneakers. So that's why he's begging for money. It's distracting, and he's not going to be able to leave the country or even give himself a fair chance to win the election because he's just going to be in court fighting. That's why we needed somebody different. So let's talk about these Trump civil judgments from a legal rather than a political perspective for a second. Help folks understand. So he's got this $355 million judgment uh, from the Letitia James suit from uh, Judge Engeron because he supposedly inflated the value of his properties. He's got the $85 million defamation judgment against, uh, you know, E. Jean Carroll. Just in terms of the mechanics of this, how much does he have to pay and when? I've seen a lot of different things in the media that he's got to have get a bond, uh, that he's got to pay a great deal within 30 days. He's got to he doesn't some... have the money. So let's, if he doesn't have the money, clear. what happens? What happens? He's he's going to have to bond it. And he's first of all, it's it's whatever the money amount is, it's 355 plus the 85, I guess. 
Um, he's got 9% interest on some of that 355 going back to 2019. It's more like $450 million plus the $85 million. He's going to have to get someone to bond it. He's going to have to put up either properties or cash. Um, I mean, this is a disaster if he loses. And look, I hate Trump. Okay, let me just say this. I hate Trump. I hate him. I can't stand him. And the reason I can't stand him is because I knew that he was going to lose in 2020 because he wasn't focused enough. He wasted the four years. And I'm convinced he's going to lose again. That's the main reason why I hate him is because he's allowing Joe Biden, perhaps not that Joe Biden's going to live for two full terms, but he's allowing the Democrats, the leftists, to destroy the country. But what's happened to him? Well, that's a similar argument to what Nikki, Nikki Haley has been has made. Just exactly oh, what please. you just said. Well, I but... hate the thought of being in the same boat as her. <laughs> I can tell you this: it's not fair. And I and I'll say this: Did he break the law? Yes. Did he break the law? Yes. You know who also broke the law? How about how about uh, Bill Clinton when he said under oath that he didn't have sex with that woman? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was perjury. You don't have to charge everybody with every possible crime just because you can. There is a thing called prosecutorial uh, discretion, and that's what they did. Uh, Clinton was not charged criminally. He was open and shut, finished criminally. He had no leg to stand on with that answer. But the the, the wisdom prevailed. And with regard to Trump, look. <laughs> This case in New York is a joke. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. He was getting extorted by these women, and he had to pay them off. And then instead of writing in his, in his uh, records, pay off to whores, he said that he was uh, paying back Michael Cohn uh, for legal fees. You know what, Frank? With all respect, I can't stand Trump. This is an evil political trial, period. That's it. There's no, there's no two ways about it. But- and it's going to tie him up for six weeks. When he should be campaigning, it is election interference, and I know that he broke the law. But you can't tell me, well, he broke the law, therefore he has to go to trial. No, that's not how it works. Not every case is indicted. But, Jeffrey, understanding the um, the situation in that Alvin Bragg case and understanding he may not be able to come up with uh, that kind of money, uh, and I know he says he's going to appeal the judgment in the Engoran case. What does that mean? When would an appeal be heard, and how much – is it likely that he could see the size of that judgment reduced? I think that there's a decent chance, but it could take years for this appeal to be heard. Um, you know, it could take – you know, that's not the point of the case. The case was brought to to hobble Trump uh, for the election cycle. Two years from now, when this thing is decided, no one's going to care anymore. It's going to be over because the damage that was intended has been inflicted. Um, I do think that uh, the judgment was too high. Um, I understand what he did was illegal. Uh, just because other people do it doesn't make it right. It was illegal. This is how Trump does business. He cheats and, and steals every opportunity he can, like many other people that are in business. Uh, but to charge him the way they did was absolutely political. You would have to be blind to, to suggest otherwise. And I can't stand Trump. But the truth is, it's unfair. The same thing with the case in, in Georgia. Now, look, the case in Florida, again, he's guilty. Did they have to bring it? You know what? In that case, he kept on abusing the prosecutors. They were subpoenaing him. He was not responding. They gave him every opportunity uh, to respond. He refused to give the records back. That one, I can at least say, is probably a fair trial. The one in D.C. is a joke. You know, come on, give me a break. Uh, you know, the insurrection. Charge the guy with insurrection. Right. Charge him with treason. Charge him with sedition. Don't do this BS because you just want to tie him up. The one in Atlanta? 
Are you kidding me? Look, 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 look what they put on the stand, that slop, that Fannie Willis, who walks in while her prosecutor, while somebody on her team is arguing to keep her off the stand. She walks in with her dress, her pink dress on backwards and says, Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to testify because you're lying on me. First of all, she can barely speak English. She doesn't know the law. She said that she's not a hostile witness when all she did was fight every single question. She doesn't even understand what that means. She does, she's been to Belize, but she doesn't know which side of the planet that it's on. Frank, listen, you get into a plane and you fly for three hours. I'm going to tell you, Fanny, that means you are not in Australia. That means you are not in Africa. Okay, that means you're probably pretty close to home. So, Jeff, a lot this of is folks. The level of stupidity. It, she doesn't have checks. Frank, listen, <laughs> if you are a district attorney in this great country, there aren't that many, and you're the DA of one of the, the biggest counties in the country, I think that at a bare minimum, you should have to have a check. A check. She doesn't even have a checking account. She keeps cash. No, that's the way we do it. That's the way my daddy. Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. It's an affront to anybody with a brain in their head. This is disgusting slop that brought the case against him. So, Jeff, a a lot of folks. And she slept. And she slept with the prosecutor who's never even done a RICO case in his life. He's a jawbone of an ass, too. Look at him. He just sits there with a blank look in his face, staring into into the ethers. And this is the guy that's prosecuting the case? Are you freaking kidding me? It's not right. Liberals, what I'll say to you is this. You can hate Trump all you want, but you have to love America more. I love America more, and I hate Trump as much as anybody. Jeff, last question about this, because I want to make sure I can ask you about the – we have time to go into the Middle East. But the last question about this Georgia situation is a lot of folks said even if she's removed from the case, even if Nathan Wade is removed as the special prosecutor, the charged conduct can still go to trial. How do you see that playing out from a, a criminal defense perspective? Do you see this being tried in another jurisdiction? Do you see another special? prosecutor being brought in or do you see this whole case going away i think the case very well may go away you cannot find two bigger idiots than this wade and this what you're talking about willis you cannot possibly find people (laughs) that are this stupid the two of them together the the guy's a slip and fall lawyer and all of a sudden he's doing criminal rico cases and what was most distressing to me was watching the cross-examination of willis and the lawyer the, 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 the woman lawyer couldn't ask a, a leading question. Finally, the judge says, if you want her to answer, ask a leading question. I guess when you spend all your time on Instagram promoting your law firm, as opposed to actually learning how to ask questions, you forget that when you're cross-examining a witness, you're allowed to lead. This is it's very frustrating. You know, it's interesting. I've seen you in a couple of Rico cases and uh, I've seen your adversaries in those cases. I don't remember them ever bringing in a a lawyer of Nathan Wade's specialty and experience to face off against you as the special prosecutor in any of those cases, which was uh, which was interesting. Ten Harvard lawyers (laughs) every case. You know what? Doesn't make a difference. You can have 20 of them and won't make a difference. Um, Okay, the uh, the her report, the special counsel in uh, the case of Biden 
Putting aside his conclusion, which has obviously generated the most attention that uh, they one of the reasons they weren't going to bring charges is because Biden would come across to the jury as a well-intentioned old man with memory problems or elderly man with memory problems. He did lay out a couple of very serious transgressions, including him talking to the ghostwriter, meaning Biden talking to the ghostwriter, acknowledging the classified material is downstairs. What were your key takeaways with this her report, Jeff, and the uh, conduct that her outlined on the part of Biden? Well, compare this to Donald Trump. Uh, the, the report said that Biden committed crimes, but we're going to exercise prosecutorial, uh, our judgment, our discretion, and not charge Biden because he's an old man, old, feeble man. And of course, the, the Democrats are saying, oh, this is a Trump appointee and this is all politics. No, he actually criticized Trump and said the reason why Trump was charged in the missing documents case is because he flouted uh, the prosecutors and that Biden actually sat down and spoke to him. So it was a completely fair uh, report. In fact, they should have charged Biden. But this is what the Democrats do. It's the law. It's the law. And if Trump broke the law, then he has to be charged like the rest of us, except Joe Biden, who the special counsel said broke the law, and we're going to give him a pass. It's a disgrace. This is what we've done. We've allowed America to to fall into the hands of leftists. We let the schools go to the hands of leftists, which is why, you know, two-thirds of, of people under the age of 30 – support Hamas over Israel. That half of them think that the Holocaust was a hoax. You give the schools to the leftists, this is what they do. You give the justice system to the leftists, there is going to be two types of laws, one for the left and the hard stuff for the right. This is what it is. This is why I don't associate with liberals anymore. It used to be a joke, Frank. And I don't like liberals because they're idiots, because they're, they're disgusting. They're progressive jackasses. No. They're the ones responsible for destroying our country. I want nothing to do with you. All right. um, That's it. We also saw charges for this uh, former FBI informant, Alexander Smirnov, who claimed that the Bidens were bribed $5 million each. And this was uh, part of the linchpin of the House Republican impeachment attempt against Biden. You know, one of the things that's really troubled me since I started paying attention to this stuff is how little oversight there is of FBI informants and cooperating witnesses. And the kind of things they do. I mean, the rare thing about this is not that the guy was lying, but that he actually managed to get charged with a crime here. Do you think this case, uh, putting aside what you may think of the Bidens, do you think this case is an example that maybe these informants have been emboldened because of how the FBI treats them? Well, look, I mean, if you if you work with the government on a case, uh, they'll look past a lot of stuff. The only time uh, they get angry at you about lying is when you get caught and they have to turn it over to the defense. I mean, I've been cross-examining these garbage people for, for decades now. So, of course, they finally charge one for lying, but the only reason they did it uh, was to protect Joe Biden. God forbid they would do it in a case. I mean, I've caught how many, every witness that I cross-examined in Gotti, every witness that I cross-examined in Chapo, they were all caught lying. Was any of them charged? Of course not. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. The Middle East situation. Uh, we're seeing the um, uh, Tony Blinken say that uh, he wants to pursue a uh, uh, two state solution. We're hearing that uh, Joe Biden and his administration is getting frustrated at Netanyahu's conduct of the war. Uh, we're hearing uh, ongoing negotiations for release of hostages and a ceasefire that don't seem to be going anywhere. How do you view the situation in Gaza at the moment? Where do you see it going? Well, not surprisingly, uh, Biden sold out Israel. It didn't take too long. But they're calling for a two-state solution. They're calling for Israel to not go into Rafah to actually finish Hamas off. I have a question, Frank. Two-state solution. One is Israel. The other one is this terrorist dump that is going to be run by who? Well, Hamas. Why Hamas? Because Joe Biden doesn't want Israel to finish off Hamas in Rafah. So if Hamas is left, they've said, as soon as we have an opportunity again, there's going to be many more October 7s. So how do you have a two-state solution when Hamas is permitted to stand? How do you have Israel withdrawing right now when Hamas is, is continue to stand? We know there's going to be more October 7s. And Israel wanted to put a barrier inside Gaza, like a a security area that would be a decent-sized area to prevent another October 7. Biden said today, no, you got to put that in Israel, not in Gaza. So the, the entity that attacks Israel, massacres 1,200 people, rapes, burns, decapitates, steals babies after killing their parents, they're allowed to keep all their land, and the victim has to lose land because they have to protect themselves? If you're a Jew in America— and you vote Democratic, I'd like to punch you in your face. Call me up, come to my office, I will punch you in your face, because you deserve it, because you're a capo. Anybody who could support this slop, I mean, it's absolutely disgraceful. Israel should be able to go in, finish it off. You could end, Frank, with not a single poor Palestinian being harmed. Hamas could have surrendered on October 7th. They could have not taken any hostages. They care so much about Palestinians with the crocodile tears now, that they hid among the civilians because that was their only military tactic. They can't fight Israel evenly. So what they do is they say, look, kill every one of these people that you can. We're going to hide behind them. And eventually, eventually the useful idiots of the world will say, Israel, you've got to stop this genocide. Meanwhile, Israel's saying, what are we supposed to do? We can't just flatten the place because you'll all cry. We're trying to kill as many Hamas as we can and not kill individuals. We're giving them warnings. We're giving them every opportunity. Meanwhile, half the people killed are, you know, allegedly uh, civilians. But you know who was in on October 7th, Frank? Not just Hamas. Children. Civilians. Even after all the destruction of Gaza, 80 percent, 85 percent of Gazans support Hamas. These are sick people. Ninety-eight percent of them in polls are anti-Semitic. This is not some kind of clean, decent people. These are satanic people that want to kill Jews. Ask them, where is the big uprising against Hamas? They allowed Hamas to destroy their homes. Where's the uprising? Where's the Arab Spring? Doesn't exist in Gaza because they're all Hamas. Jeffrey, as uh, as unfortunately always happens whenever we talk, we are out of time. I want to thank you for the uh, the very candid conversation. The next time we get you on the program, we're hoping to really get you to open up a little bit and not be so restrained in your commentary. Let's talk again soon. 
Thank you so much for having me, Frank. I really appreciate it. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, give me a call, 1-800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. If you are a criminal in need of representation, you can go to jeffreylichtman.com. Just a note that uh, Washington's birthday might affect the office hours that are listed on the website. Be aware of that. If you just want to listen to the podcast, you can go to beyondthelegallimit.com. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. is Bon Jovi singing Living on a Prayer. This is a birthday bumper music selection after a fashion by uh, my friend Carmine Ramundi, a friend of mine for many years uh, whose birthday is today. And he suggested that maybe we could play songs from the Billboard Top 10 from the week that he was born, and he was born in uh, on February twentieth of nineteen eighty seven, and this was the number one song in the country at that time. So, happy birthday to Carmine Raimondi, a wonderful guy and uh, someone who is certainly deserving of having all of his wishes come true. Happy birthday, Carmine. Not the namesake of uh, my son, but they're both great names, right? All right, 800-848-9222. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation uh, or anything that we've touched upon this hour, 800-848-9222. You know, I was kicking myself because yet my wife's always cautioning me that I let my water bottle go too long Without being washed, I keep one water bottle here at work and another water bottle at home. And she cautions me about both. She believes that not washing them frequently enough leads to mold on, you know, on and in the water bottle. So it had been a few weeks since my water bottle here at work was was washed. So I brought it home yesterday after the show. I figured, okay, maybe it's due for a washing. And, of course, you know the rest of the story, right? I left it at home, which which kills me because this was a 40-ounce water bottle. And that means at most, at most, if I fill it at the top of the show, I have to fill it maybe once throughout the show. What? Maybe once. A lot of, a lot of days I don't have to fill it at all. 
But I had no, so with no water bottle today, they do have a lot of these little water bottles because there was an event here at the radio station yesterday, but they're these little mini eight-ounce water bottles. I have to tell you, I hate these eight-ounce water bottles. My wife is tired of hearing me rail against them because I feel like you're almost drinking water out of a shot glass. So what what I've done is I, I grabbed right before the show one, two, three, four, four of these little eight-ounce water bottles. I figure, okay, that's uh, that at least tied me over for a little while. Two of them are gone already. I'm now on my third, and I'm now I'm, I may have to stock up with a bunch more of these. But that's what I get for forgetting my water bottle at home. There are worse things. This certainly falls into the category of first world problems. So um, let this be a warning to you. If you have a water bottle that you have taken home to clean. Do something, tie a string around your finger or something to make sure you remind yourself to bring that water bottle back to work. If my wife is listening to the podcast of this program, I would appreciate it if you could remind me to bring the water bottle to work tomorrow. I'm actually going to email myself. I like sending a lot of these timed emails. I'm going to email myself a reminder tomorrow to bring the water bottle to work. All right. 800-848-9222. Four open lines if you want to jump on board. 800-848-9222. We're also on Twitter at Frank Morano. Yes, much like Stephen King, I still call it Twitter. And you can email me. We're going to go read through your emails in just a bit. Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. I'm already getting quite a divided verdict which is not at all unexpected, to my interview with Jeffrey Lickman. Some people saying he's the greatest. Some people saying he's the worst. One of the two. And, um, you know, that's to me what radio is all about. Having controversial people on, letting people hear all points of view and uh, come to their own conclusion about what they think is, you know, what they think is interesting and what they think the truth is. I'd say whatever you want to say about Jeffrey, you can't say he's not entertaining. He absolutely is uh, You can also join our Facebook group. Uh, just find us at Facebook.com slash groups slash Radio Morano. Facebook.com slash groups slash Radio Morano. Uh, no more guests for the rest of the program, so there'll be plenty of time for your phone calls throughout the program. And uh, I have quite a bit to get off my chest. I have been stockpiling different subjects that I've wanted to bring to your attention, but we haven't really had the time Today, we will get to as many of them as we possibly can. Meantime, in the words of the great Bob Barker, who we certainly miss, help control the pet population. Make sure you get your dog or cat spayed or neutered.